0: Ahoy! I'm the comic book hunter, also known as Jis Hunter.
1: Hello there! I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD.
0: And welcome to Hero Story episode
1: one, one, five. one,
0: one fifteen. Thank you <laughs> for those of you just joining us on a Hero Story. Hero Story is a podcast all about Marvel and DC comic books and more. This week, I guess. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard us before, we usually talk about the news of the week at the start of each episode, where we go over all the news that happened through comic books, from live action news to gaming news, and just anything that happened in the comic book world in general. From there, we go on to the comics of the week. This week's comics are, for those who just want to skip to that, Three Jokers, number three, Batman Superman, number 13, The Flash, number 764, Red Hood Outlaw, number 50, The Amazing Spider-Man, number 51, Aquaman, number 64, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin, number one. A story about three Ninja Turtles that are dead, one is alive, who is he? We kind of know. I might briefly talk about that later on the episode, but won't go fully in depth because Three Jokers is out. Is there anything else you want to add, JD?
1: No, this is... uh, Well, I'll just say um, I sound a little stuffy tonight. Do not fear. (laughs) I am not dying of COVID-19. I just have uh, bad allergies and a shift of weather in the beautiful state of New York and uh, pet dander and all that good stuff has made me sound a little stuffy, but uh, don't worry, I'm not sick, so... You might, if you're on YouTube, youtube.com slash Hero Story, you might see me blow my nose several times throughout the episode, but I'm not sick. So Looking F- forward to it. pleasure right here. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Then we'll just jump right
0: into the news of the week. So welcome to the news of the week, starting with not a lot of news, but quite a bit of major news. Our first bit of news of the week is Moon Knight was casted. Finally, I feel like this was the one that I was waiting for the most when they announced the Disney Plus shows. Oscar Isaac is in talks to play Moon Knight, but he's practically confirmed at this point. Several major news outlets have reported that he is going to be Moon Knight, so it's pretty much confirmed here.
1: What are your thoughts? This one surprised me. I figured, you know, after uh, Oscar Isaac came out, uh, you know, with John Boyega and a few of the other sequel uh, stars that they didn't really enjoy working with Disney on the Star Wars stuff, I figured he was kind of done with Disney, and he... I thought him and John Boyega said things like, "like I don't care if this damages my career, like this has to go out. And he was he was very frustrated because he wanted Poe to have uh, a different storyline in the sequels, especially with a love interest in the sequels. So mm-hmm. uh, he, he was very frustrated with Disney. So when I saw he's cast in a Disney show, I was like, that's surprising. And maybe even more surprising. And same thing that we talked about with uh, Sam Jackson. He's kind of a big actor to be doing a TV show. He's... Yeah. I mean I know I know most people know him from, you know, Star Wars, but he's in uh Ex Machina. He's in uh Drive. He's in he's in like some pretty decently sized movies. So mm-hmm. he's you know, he's a pretty big actor. So that, I thought it was kinda of surprising. And then the cast, of course, I thought was surprising. I thought for sure they were gonna end up going with a Jewish actor, but Oscar they went with Oscar Isaac, who I guess is He's like one ninth Jewish or something like that. Yeah, he's like he's like I think through his dad side or something like that. But I, I was yeah, so I was kind of surprised about Oscar Isaac. I, I don't hate the casting. I, I don't really know much about Moon Knight. I haven't really read Moon Knight. I would like to, um but yeah, I don't know. This was this was one that kind of caught me off guard.
0: I really do like it. Honestly, I feel like he does kind of look like Mark Spector in a way. who was Moon Knight's alter ego. So. I could see it when it comes to the Jewish casting. A lot of people are upset that, hey, this guy isn't a full on Jewish person. Why is he playing a Jewish character? It, it, Mark Spector is Jewish, but him being Jewish isn't what makes the character. And as controversial as that might sound, I'm willing to take a stand and be like, it's OK for this character to not be like played by a Jewish man. I think it would add to the casting a lot that it's a good thing. But it's okay in this situation. It's not like Black Panther where, all right, he he is an African character, and you need to make that because being part of Africa, like being an African character is part of his character, uh, words, you know, you know what I mean, like Eng- English, 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 strong, yeah. Black Panther, uh, no, no, no. That. I I
1: definitely I definitely understand what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> listen, I I take the point of view, and whether it's viewed as controversial or not is you know up to the listeners, I guess, but. At the end of the day, it is acting, right? You know, you're not actually the character you're playing, so yeah. some things can be acted. Mm-hmm. Now, would it have been good for them to get a Jewish actor? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it would have been, but there are plenty of people who have played uh, Jewish characters in media that are not. Uh, the perfect example, which I brought up to our buddy comic boy, Tyler, uh, was uh, Michael Fassbender as Magneto. Michael Fassbender is not Jewish, but he played Eric Lensher, who is Jewish, and... I mean, he did a good job portraying him, yeah, right? he did a fantastic you know, was, job, yeah. I mean, one my, one of my favorite castings of all time. But I, I thought he played, you know, um, even in the Jewish role of, like, the Nazi hunting stuff. That was awesome. So, mm-hmm. uh, listen, I, I think that at the end of the day, some things can be acted. And this is one of those things that, you know, can be acted. And from what I've heard from people who are into Moon Knight, being jewish isn't the biggest part of his character it's not
0: it's not at all
1: now i don't know is it is it like mentioned once and then kind of just like in canon or is it like something that comes up multiple times because i think technically speaking barry allen is also jewish but it was brought up once in some old comic and never really talked about again same thing with jordan uh, as
0: well uh huh isn't Hal jordan as well
1: I don't Know about how, but definitely Barry. Uh, it could be very, and, and I think like, like, uh, Kyle rayner was mentioned in one comic as being, uh, half Mexican, never really brought up again. Uh, Dick Grayson, uh, being, uh, I think, Romani, yeah, and never really brought up again. Like, some of those things that are introduced. So, is, is, is it like that for Moon Knight, where it's kind of brought up once and never really referenced again?
0: From what I've read, yes. Um, I wouldn't consider myself the biggest Moon Knight person. I've read a, quite a few Moon Knight comics before. And as well as just him cameoing and he's been on the Avengers before. I've read Avengers books with him and he was in the recent Avengers arc too, but it, being Jewish isn't a part of his character. It's not like you're comparing daredevil where daredevil Matt Murdock is Catholic. And that
1: is a huge part of his character. Matt Murdock But, but, is but a- I think that's, a, that's another one that like, I mean, I don't know what Charlie Cox is, but if, if he's not Catholic, that's not exactly deal breaker to me. That's another one. It, it's acting like, yeah, like, <laughs> and, and perhaps different. Maybe I'll catch some heat for this, but it's like, You know, uh, Charles Xavier. Does a guy in a wheelchair need to play Charles Xavier? No, it's acting. Yeah,
0: exactly. I guarantee that since he is a Jewish character, and I see him a lot of like just from this casting alone, a lot of fans are passionate that he needs to be a Jewish person. I feel like in Moon Knight alone, we'll see some Jewish traits. We'll we'll see him like clearly say that he is a Jewish man. But I feel like it's not going to go with the plot of this like of the show. I don't think it's going to like have a deep impact on. Why the character is doing what he's doing. In the end, Moon Knight is a mentally insane character who wears all white because he wants to be an easy target. Like, he's a crazy superhero like that. So, I don't think he's just gonna be that major of a. Pl- I don't think there's gonna be that major of a Jewish plot point in that, and that's okay. I mean, it's cool if there is, but I don't think it's as major as matt murdoch being catholic or black panther being black or, or something like that you know
1: or or magneto being jewish for example yeah even though again it's something that could probably be active but it is a big root to the character it is yeah and uh, it,
0: it's more so to magneto than it is to Moon Knight. so
1: yeah no listen i i think that you know oscar is a very talented actor um I, I think the idea and again i haven't read moon knight so maybe i'm wrong here but like in ex machina he kind of has that very wacky personality where (laughs) um Mm -hmm. you know uh you've seen the movie right i have yeah he's got the very wacky personality the seems a little crazy so maybe he can bring some of that to uh to moon Knight. yeah
0: moon Moon Knight's kind of like that he's less vocal he's more a very quiet person but when he does talk it kind of makes everyone in the room uncomfortable kind of thing He, he is very much a batman type of character i guess for those listening that don't know much about moon Knight so a bit of a weird origin uh he was he was killed and brought back to life by an egyptian god from there uh he didn't necessarily gain powers but he is very bruce wayne like where he is rich and uses his money to make his own gadgets he has not batarangs but similar to batarangs they're in shapes of moons and he goes around in a white suit and he hunts people and he kills them though he is one of the superheroes that is has this, like no no kill rule. He will kill someone. Uh, he convinces his enemies that he doesn't exist. He likes to appear as sort of like a ghost in a way. Most thugs, at least, not his main villains. So, my favorite scene ever is when he's chasing down a sniper who is taking out people that he used to work with, and the sniper is shooting at Moon Knight. But every time Moon Knight's able to dodge, and Moon Knight the whole time is trying to talk to the sniper, convincing him that you can't hit me because I'm not real. And it makes the sniper kind of go insane through that single fight scene. It's really cool that way. So he, so he is very manipulative, but in a in a comic book, dark, yet heroic kind of way. Because he's doing it to bad guys. But yeah, he, he has several different personalities as well. He Sometimes he's Moon Knight, sometimes he's Mr. Knight. Where he wears a white suit and a white balaclava and makes deals with people. So he's a cool character. And I'm looking forward to his Disney Plus show. And I think Oscar Isaac is a fantastic casting way better than Keanu Reeves I love Keanu Reeves he's a fantastic person but acting wise Oscar Isaac is not a bit but way better in my opinion
1: you've clearly modeled your looks after uh, Keanu Reeves
0: exactly yeah I love Keanu Reeves but he kind of talks
1: like this in every movie and that uh, kind of bothers me I'm a fan of the John Wick movies but I uh, don't really watch them for acting
0: (laughs) yeah exactly I mean I, I love the John Wick movies and I smile when he makes references being like we need guns lots of guns but that's not well delivered it's just yeah. like hey i get it because matrix so i know kung fu anyways i can Reeves, i would love to see him in the mcu but i think oscar isaac is a way better actor than he is no offense keanu reeves
1: but yeah i don't think keanu reeves is listening but uh yeah no, no yeah comments,
0: but... he, well you never know <laughs> yeah you never know next bit of news is our first look at red hood on titans
1: Pretty good, not bad at all. Yeah, Yeah, listen, I was expecting worse. I don't know why I was expecting worse though. Like I know Titans is a bad show, but like their suits are pretty good. Mm -hmm, I think with the exception of a few, their suits are pretty good. I mean, their Nightwing, Nightwing one is Robin. Robin Rob is pretty good. Dove, dove. yeah, yeah, uh, Deathstroke. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, the Red Hood suit is fine. Um, Listen, I got, I got no real complaints on it. I'm not, I'm not the biggest Red Hood guy, so to me, it didn't really matter too much anyway. And I won't be watching Titans season three, but. Hey, you know, good for them. Oh, speaking of Titan Season 3, they're looking to cast Tim Drake, but they're looking to swap Tim Drake. They're looking... Originally, the rumors that was for that there was... English English sucks this Uh, week. (laughs) The original rumors was that that they were looking... Wow, English is really tough today. The original rumor was that they were looking for an Asian actor to play Tim Drake, and now uh, it's switched that they're looking for a black actor to play Tim Drake. Uh, but nothing is confirmed on any of that. But that's the rumors going on right now on Tim Drake, so yeah. In addition to Red Hood, we will be seeing a possibly different Tim Drake. Uh, I'm a huge Tim fan. Uh, again, it's, it's another thing where the news doesn't bother me that much because it's kind of just like whatever I don't watch the show anyway, but mm-hmm. uh, it's whatever I don't like. I, it's I, I,
0: happening, just, maybe I, I if, it, if it was something that
1: I was watching, I'd be like. No, you can't change Tim Drake, but I'm just like I don't care.
0: Well, that being I said,
1: him. Tim, I, I, I don't care.
0: Tim is a white character, but him being white has nothing to do with there. There's there's the a
1: lot of there, there's a lot of fanon, which is fan canon for anyone who doesn't know the Twitter terms, uh, fanon <laughs> that Tim Drake has Asian descent, which I never understood where that came from. It's because Ryan it's,
0: Potter made a cool fighting video. Right, right. <laughs> Ryan Potter made it. <laughs> yeah, like 2015.
1: Uh, so so when when they were considering casting an Asian, i was like oh they're going with the what twitter wants but uh yeah i don't know uh again i don't watch titan so i don't really care I with Red Hood. Like, like it's it's, it's whatever just... i don't i don't watch the show so i don't ultimately care that much
0: yeah i watched season one too i don't think i'll watch series. i watched
1: i watched season one and i watched a little bit of season two and mostly just kept up with uh you know, all the stupidities, so...
0: Yeah, I didn't enjoy any of it when I watched, so I don't think I'll be watching season three. Maybe I'll tune in for the premiere, like the first episode, but I don't know if I'll continue after that. Yeah, and I wasn't the greatest fan, but as far as Tim's casting, I, I'm i on the same boat as you. I don't care. <laughs> I,
1: don't, I don't watch, so I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but same, going, same, same thing with the Red Hood. Red Hood doesn't look bad, right? It looks mm-hmm. it looks pretty good. So It's concept art,
0: though, so we haven't actually seen the actor in this costume. And the actor is... Kind of small, small. Yeah, he's short.
1: <laughs>
0: he's a little small guy, so it's gonna be weird having this tiny Red Hood going oh, oh, around. You know what
1: his name is? Uh, no, <laughs> I have no idea. I was I was about to just look up his height because I was curious. Let's I see. know his Instagram's Curdog. Yeah, I know it's Curdog. Is his Instagram? on a lot
0: of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, look up his height while you're doing Car, that.
1: Current, Current Walters.
0: Uh, red Hood himself, though. Did you see the leaks? There, there's a
1: supposedly. Script oh, he's five leaks. Eight. Okay, he looks he looks smaller than the five 5'8". five eighty. Yeah. Huh.
0: Five I, are,
1: as a as a, a five ten, five eleven individual myself, that makes me feel uh a little bit That little being bit said,
0: I always imagine Red Hood is like
1: six, six three built yeah. like two fifty, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean usually when he's with the Bat family, he's usually drawn as the taller one. The Raphael of the group. So we'll have to wait and see. There were script leaks, I don't know if you saw them or not. Of, I did not see them. Uh, why he's becoming Red Hood. So in the
1: comics he becomes... he, isn't it because he like oh wait, isn't it cause he gets like mad at like the Titans yeah, or something like that? Yeah, so in the uh, comics it's a little cringe. different, you know.
0: Joker kills him and he comes back and realizes Batman <laughs> didn't avenge him. Oh my god. And he replaced him of all things. Oh my god. So I'm gonna take Joker's old identity and I'm gonna beat Batman's ass. Which is like, okay. Yeah, that, that that's Red Hood's story. That that makes sense. But in Titans it's uh the titans were kind of mean to him and they said hey hey jason you shouldn't be on the team and now he's sad so he's going to be red hood and go fight the titans
1: i just you know what i don't have (laughs) the energy to care i just i i don't i wish i did i just don't um yeah whatever if you like titans that's fine if that's your thing that's cool not for me not for hunter yeah not for a hero story um in more (laughs) important in in more and more important news um Deadpool rumored to be in Spider-Man three, rumor, whatever. Everyone's rumored to be in Spider-Man three. Turns out you, the listener, are also rumored to be in Spider-Man three.
0: Yep, I, those of you listening the... are gonna be, may just be in Spider-Man three. S- someone in... in a
1: DM sent me a um, a thing about Spider-Man three is looking for extras in the New York area. So. Uh, as an individual in the new york area i guess i can go play an extra in spider-man
0: you should totally try that'd be awesome if
1: you were uh, that would be very cool i might have to i might have to do it i have it's... been an extra the... in
0: a movie before so it yeah fun fact so what it movie? is quite not so fun um well the movie i'll explain but i'll reveal the movie but i'm gonna straight up say it's not a good movie <laughs> So I, I live in a in kind of a get off topic. Here. I we live always in a, get off topic. Yeah, I live in a relatively large area in Canada, but not a well known area in Canada. <laughs> and uh, this was right when I graduated high school, and I found there there was going to be a movie filming in my city, and they're going to be using my high school. And dang it, I forget his name, Machete guy, Mexican, Cisco's dad in the Flash. No, Cisco's love interest. Danny, Danny, Danny Trejo? Yeah, Danny Trejo was filming a movie in my city of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And I was like, oh my God, I could meet Danny Trejo. And I did, because <laughs> I went over and I they had to do like auditions kind of for extras. And all I had
1: to do I was... extras just stand in the back.
0: Yeah. So I was like, all right. So they're just like, all right, so just say like... Hey, what'd you get for lunch today? And that was like my only line or something like that. And so I said that in front of like this person. She's like, "Mm -hmm, okay, yeah. So come on Tuesday. And uh, I'm like, all right. So I got to play a student. Hey, what'd you get for lunch today? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I played a student in the background. I didn't have any lines in the actual movie, but they thought that since I was tall, I could do some other roles too. So there was a football scene happening that night. And I was invited to be a football player as well. I don't play football, but I got to wear a uniform and stand around for like five hours in the middle of the night. And oh. yeah, it was basically a lot of standing. And then it was like, all right, go stand over there in action. Okay, you're good. Come back. And there was one point where we had, there was like a school ceremony or something. And I had to go to the school at 7 a.m. to get ready. And then they didn't shoot it until 5 p.m., but I had to stay at the school. So that sucked. But. <laughs> Yeah, not worth it. But during that, it was actually the credits showed like it was. Like, it's one of those typical family movies where the credits shows everyone dancing. So I danced next to Danny Trejo. Tre- Trejo, yeah, he had a oh, yeah. coffee mug that was empty, and he was acting like he was sipping it, and I was like, okay. As I danced next to him, and he went, "Good one, kid," and I was like, "Cool, thanks." But anyways, the movie, not very good. Do not recommend it. Don't look it up. But it's called hashtag Roxy. It is, I think, a remake of a movie called Roxanne. But hashtag Hat- Roxy.
1: It, like like the actual hashtag or spelled like the out actual.
0: Hashtag? I'm pretty sure it's the actual hashtag than Roxy. The main character was, I think Jake Little was his name. He had a big nose. One of the guys in it w- played, I think, Nighthawk. I could be wrong. In X- Holy crap, this has
1: terrible reviews. It's yeah. a 1.6 out of 5 on uh, Letterboxd. Every single yeah. one's in the uh, half-star range. Yeah,
0: so I've never actually seen it. <laughs> I've never seen it. So I don't know what scenes I'm in or what scenes I'm not in, but I've never seen the movie, but I was an extra in it and it came out and...
1: It's on Prime in America. Oh Oh, no, don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, it's on Prime Video, Roxy, hashtag Roxy, 2018 movie, featuring comic book hunter as a football player and a student in the background and a dancer.
0: Yeah, I'm in the background during an outdoor scene. I know because my friend saw it and he didn't know I was in it and he was like sending me pictures in the theater like, what the hell, man? so uh don't recommend watching it but if you do send me a dm
1: the, the first review i read said i can't believe i sat through this whole movie yeah so i, <laughs> I, I listen i hate bad movies but i might have to watch it just i mean
0: send me a picture if put it put me on your story if anything because i don't actually know what scenes i'm in but i might uh Anyways, you should go to Spider-Man 3's extras and maybe you have a similar that, that's story. How, that's how the conversation started, yes. Uh, <laughs> maybe yeah, you someone, have a similar story.
1: Someone sent me a thing about that. I'm going to have to... I'll, I'll tell Eunice, let's go ride down to uh, the city. Let's go be extras to Spider-Man.
0: That'd be awesome if you were, if you are in the background. I know Eunice has a friend. Eunice real-world Flash on Instagram, for those who don't know. Who was an extra in Spider-Man Far From Home. Like he, I think he auditioned or something. And he's in the scene where Spider-Man finds out that his identity is revealed. Oh, yeah? So, yeah he was in the background but they didn't have any obviously they didn't play something on a screen or anything so he didn't know what was going on just spider-man standing on the lamppost with wires to him being like oh no so now yeah. what
1: what was interesting about what the guy sent me is it said extras for um like a ride or a protest scene so i wonder if there's mm. going to be protest about spider-man's identity being revealed or something outside mm. the courthouse or something with
0: a little matt murdoch involved <laughs>
1: <laughs> in your dreams
0: yeah <laughs> interesting that, that, that's very interesting you should actually like if you're free you should actually try to go i gotta that find that incredible. i gotta
1: find that dm because that got sent to me a few days ago and i was like uh i kind of just read it and i was like oh that's cool and then i was like wait that's actually close. oh yeah here it is
0: you should but, actually try
1: like seriously but, yeah find me an extra yeah the, uh marvel is looking for extras to play protesters and reporters
0: if you apply and don't get in, you better start posting, like, hashtag boycott Spider-Man 3 or something. <laughs> you
1: were How there. dare they not cast me?
0: Yeah, you have to try. That'd be so cool. You have it, to.
1: It it would be cool. I, I, I won't lie about that. It would be you cool. Have, oh. If
0: I were you, I'd totally do it. You have the opportunity. Anyway. Uh, I'll, I'll
1: take a chance. My Did I tell you? I'm going to go on another sidetrack. Um, yeah. My, my roommate in college was on the set of Spider-Man 3.
0: Oh, what? And, like like Tobey Maguire? Oh. Yeah, Tobey yeah, Maguire and Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, not amazing see. spider-man 3 boom roasted yeah mm-hmm. uh <laughs> yeah he was on my, my roommate in college was on the set of spider-man 3 I don't, his dad knew someone who knew someone who ended up getting them on the set now uh my roommate's my age so in 2007 we were like seven or eight so he doesn't remember much of it but he said it was at the scene where um mary jane dumps peter on the bridge oh th- whoa there's like barely any extras in that he, he wasn't. A, he wasn't. He wasn't an extra. He was just like on the set. Like he, oh,
0: okay. Because I'm like there's not a lot of people that walk past. Yeah. Him he though.
1: he he watched it get filmed, I guess, okay. and uh, he told me that. So he was he was a little kid, so he didn't really get it yet. He said that. Um, he sees toby Maguire's stunt double and he's like oh my god it's toby Maguire!" and he thinks it's him and he's like like running up to him and he said there was like a whole like uh swarm of press around toby mcguire so he's like wow why are those people on this guy toby's over here <laughs> and then all these years later he realized oh that was not toby Maguire. that was toby Maguire." toby stunt was double, so. surrounded by press going like get back
0: away i can't see <laughs> there's cars here
1: <laughs> yeah great video uh but yeah so um yeah maybe Uncle i'll apply sir. to BA. Yes, yeah you there. have to you
0: have to give us an update next week on a hero story if you have i'll, I'll give not. you guys the update <laughs> next in the week uh we got a first look at the new batwoman uh javi javicia leslie i'm gonna say is her name uh the actress's name um suit is a little bit different but very much looking the same as the, ruby the ruby. belt is the main difference yeah ruby rose's suit um Looks, I mean, she no wig; it's her natural hair coming out. I believe so.
1: Cool. I mean, it's, it's another one where I'm like, uh don't watch stuff. Don't really care. Like, it's cool. It's fine. It's whatever. People like yep. that; they like that. It's just not for me.
0: Yeah, like, like, look, looks cool, but I mean, I don't think I'll watch it. But good suit. I mean, I hate. Okay, real, real quick round. Ruby Rose when she was Batwoman. Every time a picture was shown, a lot of comments were just hating on the suit. The suit looks fine, on the like suit? yeah, on the suit. People were just like, "Oh man, that looks awful." You could tell CW is on a budget with that suit. Like, what what else would you do? Because it, it's pretty accurate to her comic suit, I find. I mean, it's simplistic. Yeah. It's black. It's red. You got the cowl, the hair. What else would you add? So this is the yeah. same idea. I mean, it's a similar suit. Cool. <laughs> Anyways, um. I guess we already mentioned Deadpool is rumored to be in Spider-Man 3. Take that rumor with less than a grain of salt. I highly doubt it's real, but a lot of people seem to be talking about it, so I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Deathstroke is going to be in the Snyder Cut, as we all know, but it, additional scenes are currently being filled. Joe Manigonello posted on his Instagram a photo of him with bleached hair, uh, assuming that means they're about to die blonde, like white. Silver, yeah. Yeah, like, like Slade Wilson. So uh, He has a mohawk, though. He didn't have a mohawk in the theatrical release which i'm pretty sure that end credit scene was filmed by zach snyder not joss whedon so maybe they're just changing up his look for whatever reason but yeah looking forward to it uh and the last bit of news is comic book news um joshua williamson tweeted out uh wednesday or i guess thursday uh a death metal image of of tie called death metal the last stories of the dc universe number one and it's like a splash page that features every titan Ever, like every teen Titan or Titan
1: ever, almost Pretty much minus Wally West, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, um, actually, our know. buddy Daz Comic Legacies is doing a breakdown post of it where he's trying to <clears throat> name every character on there, so <laughs> you have to keep an eye out for that. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a cool image. Um, see, I was scouring it for Wally West in the hopes that I saw Kyle Rayner on there, and I'm like, is this the first time they'll actually share a page? <laughs> uh, I was saddened to find out, no we will not share page nope.
0: he's too busy being part of the main plot i guess which is kind of cool What would you rather wally just be in this one tie-in or wally be a part of the main plot of death metal
1: i still think he could appear in this tie-in because i i think that you know there's characters in the background who if you zoom all the way in the back like they're silhouettes yeah so, one's
0: probably damien
1: yeah one's probably damien but i think there's uh other people will be in it. And yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think, well, it could definitely appear in that if it's all Titans. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually excited for that tie. And that actually seems really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to fit in with the story, but a lot of the characters I like are in there. So I'm I'm here for it.
0: I doubt it will even affect the story. It would just be the Titans being like, hey, what are we? Some kind of teen Titans <laughs> or something? God. I don't think it will affect like... Y'all jokers
1: must be crazy.
0: Yeah. I don't think it will actually affect the main plot of Death Metal. I think it's just going to be a really cool Titans book. So, yeah, looking, looking forward to it. This is out in December. Uh, not sure of the exact date, but December. December's going to be huge for comics with this and Endless Winter and Daredevil number 25. Looking forward to it.
1: Big and
0: month. that's it for the comics of the week. So now we're... Or, sorry, for the news of the week. Now we're on to the comics of the week. So, the for, yeah. for those of you just joining us, we are currently at about 27 minutes and 30 seconds. And time to talk about Three Jokers. I have no idea what you think of this book.
1: And A lot I have no idea what you think of this post a lot of mixed reactions I, yeah. I, I, I had to avoid dms and i had to avoid posts because i did not get my comics until today the day we were recording thursday. thursday um i so between my work schedule and my class schedule i'm usually not able to pick up my comics when i like to because my shop doesn't open till 3 p.m which is a little rough Mm-hmm. Um, not not the biggest fan of that policy, but, you know, what are you going to do? So for the last few weeks, I've had, like, my sister pick up my comics or my dad pick up my comics. or like, Whoever's around, I'm like, hey, you mind going to the shop for me? Um, this week, I actually did go get my comics, but I got them on Thursday because I was working on one thing, but I was off Thursday, which is cool. Uh, my shop had a big problem with DC Comics. They didn't get a lot of their comics. The only ones that they got physicals of this week were Red Hood and Flash, I had a lot more comics in that order. So, or three, uh,
0: three Jokers and Flash?
1: Yeah, uh, three Jokers and Flash were the only ones they had. Oh, no, so,
0: Yeah, Red Hood, because Red Hood came out this week.
1: Yeah, they didn't have a lot of DC Comics, but the guy that works in the comic shop told me that the last two weeks have been hell with DC Comics, but uh, DC is getting a new distributor. So Are they actually? Get... Oh, thank God. <laughs> he, he said DC's getting a new distributor and that things should be getting a lot better with shipping.
0: Because it sucked even here in Canada. They're not
1: time. going back to Diamond, but they are getting a new distributor. So,
0: Thank who knows what that means. God, because this current distributors. I, I've had weeks where I go to my comic store, and my comic store owner's just like, hey, here's a new Captain America. I'm like, oh, cool. Where's, like, all the other DC comics? He's like, oh, we didn't get DC shipment yet. I'm like, great. That's yeah. cool, man. Well, yeah, I read every DC
1: book ever. So. Yeah, they, they they've been delayed on a lot of stuff. So hopefully, I mean, my, my comic shop guys seem to think that the new distributor was going to be very good. So we'll see.
0: Hopefully. Uh, you know, but anyway, so
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I got three Jokers this week. I got the Red Hood cover. I decided on the Red Hood cover, which is very nice. Jason Fabok. Mm-hmm. Um, I cover the week obviously is. Oh yeah, pick Jokers, of the week. Cover and... the week, I guess.
0: I'll, I'll do okay. my cover of the week. Yeah, I although I did they sold out of the Redhead one. I had to go after I was off shift. I got the just the regular cover. I thought it looked cuz I have all the regular covers. I've a lot of covers for Three Jokers. I just thought this would look good next to them all, but I'm hunting for that Redhead cover. So my cover of the week is Three Jokers. Pick of the week? I don't
1: know. What's yours? I mean, I guess the easy answer is Three Jokers, but
0: yeah. I might say three Jokers to honorable mention to Spider-Man The Last Ronin, but we'll get into them. So I guess three Jokers.
1: Yeah, um, so three Jokers. What'd you think, buddy?
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Uh, I, I liked it. I understand the hate, though.
1: Yeah, well, so I missed a lot of the hate because I was on a social media embargo because I didn't want to get spoiled. Mm-hmm. Though I did end up getting spoiled, unfortunately, over oh, DM. Yeah. But not not the biggest deal, whatever, it happens. It's not like I was like heartbroken, so it was whatever. Like I was just like, oh, okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, so the Three Jokers ending. I, I don't know. I kind of got the feeling that like going into this issue that there was still a lot that I felt like could have been resolved and could have been told from this story. And at the end, I kind of feel left, like, satisfied in a way, but also kind of, like, felt like we could have gotten more. that yeah. makes sense? It's kind of the feeling I got at the end of Doomsday Clock. Remember when we were talking about Doomsday Clock, like, we were on the second to last issue, and I'm like, I feel like there's still, like, eight stories you could tell from this. What was the message Batman sent to them when they were on Mars? Alpha's dead, <laughs>
0: LOL. Yeah, we'll never know. Uh, yeah, I kind of understand that. I feel like this story could have been more than three issues, even though there were oversized issues. And I understand, like, it's nice, it's simplistic, it's three Jokers, three books. I don't know. The main takeaway of this is the ending, but maybe we'll get to that in a second. First off, in general, the book itself, it is very much just the finale. You know, Batman, uh, Batgirl, and Red Hood go to the Monarch Theater. Again. <laughs> I feel like we just read this in Joker War. And they go, and Joker has a plan set up to uh, make Joe Chill the new Joker. We do kind of find out that the three Jokers, they weren't all born. It was one Joker created these other two by putting them, same origin as his, like putting the acid and having their hair turn green, their skin turn white, and them to go crazy. So it's it's the same idea with that, except these ones are more, have a better mind than the others. It seems the original is, I guess they all have codenames, the original is The Comedian. So it's The Criminal Clown Comedian. Clown died in issue one. Criminal seems to be the mass prime behind this, but it seems the original is the comedian. So, yeah, <laughs> they kind of go over how the uh, the criminal is uh, very classic, and Jason Faba did really cool pages of like flashbacks to them, uh, like Dick Grayson and Robin taking out this very classic low like '40s villain. Uh, Meanwhile, the clown, he's more of a prankster. He likes to put on a show. He likes to be in front of a crowd. And while the comedian, that's New 52 Joker. I'm glad we got that confirmed. Because New 52 Joker was the crazy one who cut off his face. And, like, his whole face was burning at one point. And he threw cards into Batman's eyes. And uh, he cut off Alfred's hand and stuff like that. Rest in peace, that continuity. I was about to say,
1: did that ever end up
0: getting followed? It did, um... In Batman Super Heavy, I want to say. It might have been All-Star Batman. Uh, Basically, Alfred got, like, a mechanical hand, but it had, like, a flesh tone to it, so it looked real. But it is technically robotic. So, I mean, it's just so then writers don't have to deal with it, I guess. Yeah. But technically, Alfred's, I think his left hand is robotic.
1: Well, Alfred's dead now. Yeah, I was
0: about to say, technically, Alfred's also dead. But (laughs) you get the idea. Um,
1: yeah, I don't know. Three Jokers, I'm kind of whelmed by it. I, I went into this story thinking, like, this could be, and we talked about this on the podcast, I think this could be the biggest bad story since Killing Joke, like, impact-wise. I thought that this could be a defining story for Jason. It could be a defining story for Barbara. Ultimately, I don't think it achieved that. Maybe I had too high of standards set in my head for it, but...
0: Well, I would say it's a pretty it, big story for Jason. That's coming from someone who's read every Red Hood story since 2000. I mean... I want to say, I think I've read every Red Hood story, actually. I might have read every single Red Hood. Yeah, Pain. (laughs) I don't enjoy it, but I think I've read it all. Huh. So I think this is the biggest Jason story since Battle for the Cow, if not Under the Red Hood. So... I think it's good for him, but the rest of the characters... Don't get me wrong,
1: I think it's big you know it's a big story but ultimately i like i thought this was gonna be like the defining story oh yeah Mm -hmm. maybe it's because it only had three issues which i know is technically like six issues by size but it, it felt very short it did yeah
0: yeah i don't really know how i fully feel about it yet i guess but i guess the main takeaway is the ending batman forgiving joe chill manicero's parents and the death of joe chill
1: Huh. You know, I've, I've, I've always kind of wanted a writer to deal with the whole Joe Chill stuff because I think it's brought up a lot, but I feel like it's never really given like a satisfying ending.
0: Would you consider this a satisfying ending?
1: Yeah, because I think it's what Batman was always going to do. Forgive him and let him rest, which is, you know...
0: Basically, what, yeah. Because that's what heroes do. Yeah. I. It was my favorite page of the whole book. The It's just a silent scene of Bruce Wayne, not, not in the cowl and cape, just visiting Joe Chill as he's on his deathbed and holding Joe's hand as he slowly dies in bed and then visiting Joe Chill at his grave. That's interesting to me. Like, that guy killed your parents. That guy created Batman, and you forgive him. Huh.
1: Yeah. It it, it, it was definitely, like, a good, powerful scene. It's it's kind of what I expected, too. Like, once, uh, you know, Joe Chill was... We knew he was kind of dying. I was like, all right, I think Batman's going to forgive him. So that, that was pretty good um joker the real joker knows the identity of all of them but he doesn't care
0: yeah that that was kind Kind of explained in new 52
1: yeah well that's that's been the status quo for a while i think and i think even before that like you could always make the argument that joker knows who they are but and even spells it out in this like that's you know, not the point of the game. The point of the game mm-hmm. is. He
0: doesn't care at all. Yeah, I caused the bad
1: pain. So. Yeah, I remember
0: in uh, Death of the Family, Joker does. He's on the bridge and he's dancing and he's saying how he knows who everyone is. And he's like, Oh, I've been under your beds. I've been in your cave. I know why you. Sm- I know what shampoo you use, Nightwing, in a way. We smell so good. And he says lines like that. So, yeah. He kind of always knew that.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, what do you think of the very ending, though, with the. Killing the, Joke. Uh, okay, yeah. Retcon. So, it is a Killing Joke retcon.
0: Is it? Is it's more so just confirming that that's canon, wasn't it?
1: No, 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 but I'm saying it's a Killing Joke retcon in the sense that she's not
0: dead. Oh yeah, because in Killing Joke, in
1: Killing Joke, she's dead. His wife. I'm sure Alan pregnant. Moore. I'm sure Alan Moore hates this.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, Alan Moore hates everything.
1: So, True. Well, <laughs> uh, actually, Alan Moore actually hates Killing Joke. He says he regrets telling that story and it shouldn't. It shouldn't be as big a story as it is. Actually yeah you could read all about it he he actually does not like the killing joke at all
0: oh weird so he probably doesn't care well he does definitely cares a lot but not as much as if you liked the story but yeah it's basically uh in that origin story joker's wife is pregnant and she dies when this one the police helped her escape and she moved to alaska and is raising his son there to be like a regular boy very the boys season two <laughs> But yeah, yeah, just like hiding from the Joker, because if the Joker knows that they exist, the press will find them, the Joker will find them, and they'll be screwed. And it seems like they're being just kept watched by Bruce Wayne every so often, which is kind of nice. I kind of like that. The sun looks like 13, though. Does that mean Batman is... No, hold on. So that would mean Batman's age, since War Jokes and Riddles is a year two Batman story. Batman would be 39 years old if he became Batman 25, and then year two is war jokes and riddles, and his son looks about 13. Sorry, math. 39 would be Batman. Not, not, not
1: only are we doing great with the English on this episode, we're also doing great with the math.
0: Yeah, sorry. Let me get my calculator out. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of okay with the ending. I know The only thing I'm not that okay with is Batman saying that he knows his name. Batman yeah, that Joker's was,
1: name. That, that was... That's stupid. Yeah.
0: He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I know Joker's name. I learned it the, after one week after we first met. The only reason I was saying is that is because no one has to know it's not important. Why did you ask the Mobius chair what Joker's name is, Bruce?
1: You're retconning the story the start of the story.
0: Yeah. Oh, God, I hate that. I don't like it at all.
1: Do you get the feeling from this story at all that, like, things changed? Like, in the sense that... You know, we thought Doomsday Clock stuff changed as well because of continuity.
0: Yeah, Jason Fabba posted on his Instagram today that things did change.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He that's, that's, said that's from
0: the... when it was first written, a lot of changes remained throughout it.
1: Yeah, like that, that's the feeling I got by the end of Three Jokers is that like it feels like a changed story. Mm-hmm. But... This wasn't
0: the original story that they planned on. They might have changed things around. Maybe Joe Chill wasn't a big aspect. Maybe there was no romance between Batgirl and Red Hood. That's that way, I want that cut. Yeah. Um, I, that I hated
1: that hated that hated that. The letter. Uh yeah, the letter I hated that so that much. It was weird.
0: It was like a really well-written letter that was kind of like, oh, this is cute, but why why these two? Because
1: well but, but because remember what we said that the the background joke uh background Jason kisses fine in the standard of whatever it didn't mean anything it was an accidental kiss but now it's like jason actually has like deep feelings for barbara like eh, terrible
0: yeah you saying like i love you barbara if you the, the, know the, that's here, okay. here's, here's
1: the letter I'll, I'll read it aloud to you okay dear so barbara i want to make a voice. change but i <laughs> dear barbara no i, <laughs> please, I don't know please. why i made him sound like a like a chevy commercial <laughs> that was good yeah. it's the road <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> Dear Barbara, I want to make a change, but I can't do that without you. I know I've come across cold and distant, but I know you know why. I've always admired you, Barbara, your strength, your determination, your heart. You think that you think what happened was a mistake, that it was a moment, but I think we could be great together. I really do. I'll give up being Red Hood for us. I can do something. I can be something else, or I can just be Jason. All I need is one chance to prove to you I can be better and I will devote my life to making you proud, happy, loved. If you don't think I'm worth one chance, if it was all just you caught up in everything, then throw this letter away. I'll never mention it. I even understand. Whatever happens, I love you. Yours jason i hate that so much i absolutely well, it's despise okay, that
0: because it looks like it's not gonna happen so i still jason it shouldn't was, even exist jason was a dummy and he taped it to barbara's door with terrible scotch tape and the tape like just peeled and the letter fell off and the janitor put that away and fun fact if that janitor well not fun fact if that janitor reads the letter he will straight up say like oh god red hood is a guy named jason who knows this barbara girl Jason's killed so many people. Or Red Hood's killed so many people. I could report this to police right now. Fingerprint scan, the end. Uh, why didn't Jason put this under the door? <laughs> or shoot a text? I understand that. I mean,
1: like she'd receive it, but why did oh, I hate so much about this. Why does he love Barbara? Yeah, imagine it's very Imagine random. your brother telling your ex girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that he's in love with her. And that and that he will change his whole life for her. Yeah, It's so weird. And and the whole, like, like I get that, you know, I think if anything, this story signifies, and I don't know what happened in Red Hood 50, but if this story kind of signifies that Jason, like, Jason might not end up being Red Hood forever, I, I'm fine with that. Right? I think that's okay. I think there's a story to be told there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, to settle down with Barbara? Yeah, what? He
0: even kind of talks about at the beginning, like, where Bruce is like, I'll help you find a new identity. And he said, no.
1: Oh, speaking of, I
0: forgot all about this until now. I read this a while ago, like when it first came out, Batgirl calling Gordon dad. Yeah. And then what, that, that's it. We're just going to flip the page and not see what happens.
1: Yeah. He didn't even, Gordon didn't even have a reaction. I don't know if that's something that happened in the last Batgirl issue.
0: Me? I mean, I've,
1: I've always kind of been under the assumption that Jim knows, but he doesn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of have two,
0: and I feel like Barbara knows that he knows now, too. But, I don't know. Oh, was, God, yeah. my, my daughter was paralyzed, and now Batgirl's gone. And now my daughter can run again, and Batgirl's back. <laughs> so, yeah. Huh. yeah I, uh, think I, didn't, I, I
1: didn't go from detective to commissioner without figuring this one out.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gordon's not dumb. but it's I, I've always what, been kind of in the field
1: of thinking that Gordon knows all their identities, but he plays dumb.
0: Oh, I don't think he knows Bruce's.
1: Oh, I think he does.
0: Oh, interesting. Huh. I don't know what I because like if
1: did. if he sees Nightwing and Batgirl running around, then he knows it's Dick Grayson. Come on now. Like yeah. night, Nightwing Nightwing and Batgirl meet you on the roof of the GCPD and then at dinner the next night you see Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon. Come on. Yeah, now.
0: and that that they're not covering their faces that well. <laughs> it's yeah, the domino mask. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense.
1: So, huh. They oh. even alluded to it in Batman Year 1 where uh in or sorry, not Batman Year 1 and uh was it, it was either Robin Year One or uh, Nightwing Year One where uh, Dick Grayson meets Barbara Gordon for the first time. I think it's Robin Year One. And uh, Gordon's like, uh, stay the hell away from my daughter. <laughs> but, yeah,
0: uh, yeah, I remember
1: that. But but yeah, so I, I don't know. This this It didn't leave me that satisfied. There was a lot of things I had problems with. And it, and it just, it didn't really feel like it was neatly wrapped up with the bow, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, Batman's fighting Joker and it's like, man, there's like... Four pages left. What's going to happen here? Uh, all in all, I enjoyed the comic. I enjoyed the story uh, in general. I could see myself rereading this. The art is beautiful. Every single page, of the art is fantastic. It's so for the art alone. It's worth it. Story wise, I feel like as a story, I, you'll I be just, kind of forgotten.
1: I, I just think that, you know, and this is something we talked about. Jeff has set a very high bar for himself, Yeah. right? We expect. <laughs> a lot out of jeff johns we expect you know masterpieces out of jeff johns mm-hmm. i don't think three jokers is going to go down on very high on his resume you know when you talk about the best jeff stories i just i don't think it appears on there
0: yeah look at his flash from the screen lanterns justice now, league run aquaman but not this
1: in in the tease from dark side war to to dc universe one or sorry dc rebirth one i think there was always a big buildup of three jokers and it taking four years to come out you know definitely made the, (laughs) like, like but the stage was set for a big story, so I just felt like it didn't really deliver on that. I don't think it's bad by any circumstance, but I just think, like, it ended up being kind of, like, okay. But, Mm -hmm. like you said, I I think it's ultimately going to be forgettable, which a book like this shouldn't have been forgettable.
0: Yeah. Like I said, like, the art's the best part. So, I think it's good for Jason Falbach. And Jason Falbach, the artist straight up said, like, he could retire from DC after this. Like, he's really proud of his work here. Even some people may not like it. He thinks that personally, he's really proud of what he did on this book, and he would could retire happy. He's not retiring. He said if fans want him to do more Batman, he will do more Batman, which we do. <laughs> but it seems that he's really proud of this work.
1: Now you know what's the crazy realization I had after finishing this issue. Hmm. Jeff Johns does not have anything currently going with DC Comics right now.
0: Oh yeah, because no more Shazam and no more three Jokers, so. and nothing coming up that we know of.
1: Now, when we talked to Scott Collins a few months ago, he said that him and Jeff were working on something, a pitch or something, but that never amounted to anything. So I wonder if the pitch ended up getting turned down or something. But Yeah, because yeah, uh,
0: that was a long time ago.
1: But yes, I don't know. That, that was... Jeff... I remember I, I talked about this in the group chat a while ago that I feel like Jeff is kind of done with comics.
0: Yeah, he's focusing on... I mean, apparently shows, Batman Earth 1 movie. Volume
1: 3 has been happening for like the last what five years now
0: yeah apparently it's done but like why haven't we seen any preview whatsoever Like usually when artists are working on stuff even gary frank alone when he was making doomsday clock he was posting art and now he's straight up saying like yeah batman earth one volume three is done why haven't we seen a single thing from it batman earth one's my favorite batman comic ever so i'd love to see it but it feels like it's not happening
1: I mean, I, I told you, I have the theory that with the Ray Fisher stuff, I think Jeff is going to have a distant relationship with DC Comics for at least the short term, which makes mm. me sad. But yeah, I don't know. I'd love this to see is, him return. Uh, listen, we'll, we'll we'll have to see on all this.
0: Yeah, well, I think he writes a really good Superman. I'd love to see him write like another Superman story. Or maybe another Wally. Story. I mean, but
1: but I mean, if you think about it, he's kind of like told his stories on all the characters that he needed to, right? Like, he wrote the definitive Green Lantern run. He wrote the definitive Aquaman run. He wrote a great Flash run. He wrote a great Superman run. Justice he did his League. Batman. He did his Batman Earth one. He did you know a great Justice League run. He he's kind of done it all. He's done the big events with Blackest Night and you know Kinda all that. Kind of did
0: Shazam, I guess.
1: Kind of did Shazam, like. It, it feels like he's kind of run the gauntlet at this point. Like, could Jeff theoretically just be done? It's possible.
0: Yeah, I guess it is. But it feels like. Focus on you TV,
1: would... focus on movie. I mean, it's, it's possible. I feel like you would
0: advertise, like, hey, Batman Three Jokers is my last Jeff's
1: story. Last Story, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I feel like I, we, I one know. day we will get that Jeff's Last Story. I think he'll take a break. I don't see Jeff Jones I mean, returning for while.
1: Like, what character do you want to see him on next? Like, I just, I just, I feel like he's done it all.
0: I wonder about an actual good cyborg story. There are, there isn't really any solo cyborg stories that are good. I feel like Jeff Wright's a good cyborg, so that'll be good. Maybe Martian Manhunter. Yeah, that yeah. Wonder Woman. I guess he hasn't really written Wonder Woman.
1: Yeah, i just like like I said, I feel like he's kind of done it all, and he's kind of just like I think he realizes he's done it all. Like Three Jokers, I think is his last Batman story ever. I don't think he'll ever write. Another.
0: Well, he said that he didn't want to write a Batman story, but then he thought of three Jokers. Yeah, so but he, I, I, he did not want to do Batman. So I think
1: he's certainly done with that. You know, it's just this might be the end of Jeff for a little bit. I'm, I'm sad. He's my favorite comic book writer of all time. So mine too.
0: And just because um, Batman Three Jokers wasn't as what we expected, I still enjoyed the story. So I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. I wanted to be ten on the
1: overall story.
0: Overall story, I'm giving eight. This issue, I'll give a seven but overall yeah,
1: I am I'm, I'm in the same boat I think. I, I think the first issue was really great of 3 Jokers. I think issue 2 was good and this one was kind of okay.
0: I would say yeah, that's a good way of saying it. Issue good, 1 was the okay. best.
1: Yeah. 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 Um uh, yeah, 3 Jokers. Wow. This is um yeah, the the main thing I'm looking forward to now with 3 Jokers is uh sending in my copy to get uh graded and signed. Yeah, um, I'll be sending in issue that.
0: 1. Yeah. For sure. And
1: I'm going to send in the Batman cover. I'm I got to figure out how to do that to the cgc people listening teach me the ways because i don't know anything about cgc grading <laughs> i know the very basics so but i've yeah, never done a signature series look up before obviously.
0: Online. You could it's not that hard it but, is actually uh, pretty complicated
1: but it, it seems it feels like it should be easier but anyway yeah. uh that's three jokers um which book do you want to talk about next
0: um how about i go briefly over redhead just go because ahead. also this is scott lovedale's Final Red Hood issue. He's been writing Red Hood since 2011. Somehow no other writers came on the book, but he was the only one writing Jason Todd's story. This is the last issue. Uh, it was (laughs) alright. off the bat, I open it and I'm like, alright, what are we going to get? And it's like, all right. Scott Lobdell is writing. He's not the greatest at wrapping up stories. So first few pages is dealing with Year of the Villain. (laughs) Um... That arc from 2019, so it's still going on. Uh, he's also dealing with Joker's daughter from Batman: Robin Eternal. Yeah, not not actual Joker's daughter, just the girl that thought she was. Um, the whole book was just like, I hey, this is a this is okay. Uh, not much to say about it until the end. The end was very bittersweet. It was basically um, Jason basically cures Joker's daughter, like makes her not as crazy as him anymore. She's like, I'm going to be a regular person. It's going to be all good. And he's like, okay, cool. Then him and Artemis, who he's kind of has a thing with throughout this the past four years, uh, they go on motorbikes and they start to drive away and then they stop and uh, Artemis basically says, this is the end of being... This is the end of us kind of thing. I'm going to go my path, you're going to go your path. And and that's okay. She, she had a good quote at one point. I'll see if I can find it. Mm, maybe not. She basically said like... Uh, Never mind, I can't find it at all. She basically said, oh, like he he was like a he wasn't the best sidekick. he wasn't the best villain, but he was a great outlaw and he could be a great person now because the whole book is written in the outlaws and he he doesn't need the outlaws anymore. like you be your own man and do your own path. And he's like, yeah, you know what? you're right. I think I can. They, it has a very like they both drive in different directions at the end, and she's driving who knows where, but Jason's driving and he sees a sign saying Gotham City turn left and he's turning left. So, yeah, it was kind of like a bittersweet ending. But all in all, and The Outlaws, an, in general, from New 52, 2011 to today, I highly recommend Rebirth issues 1 to 24. And that's about it.
1: Uh, I mean, obviously I don't read the book, but I feel like this is one of those books that feels like, you know, it just needed to get put down for a while. Yeah. And they, they've, <laughs> But they've time. kind of been like... It's like the dog that you know, he's all reliable, you don't want to do it, but eventually, like, got to take care of business here. And uh, Red Hood, need a scent it's a bad analogy, but uh, I guess. tough analogy. Uh, yeller, oh, <laughs> yeller, uh, sorry, old yeller. Uh, yeah, I don't know, this it, it seemed like it was going on way too long. I mean, that's a long time to be on a book from 2011 to 2020, that's a long, long time,
0: yeah. And I love Dell's on any books at the moment. I don't think. He's and I think he's another play.
1: one who may be done with DC Comics.
0: I mean, there is a quite a few allegations towards him too. So and a lot I mean, of he, people he, didn't want him.
1: And and really like, outside of New Fifty Two, what other books has he been doing? Right, he did flash forward. He, he had a very yeah he had Flash Forward. He had a very short stint. I think it was only one arc on Nightwing. So. Mm -hmm. he's not really been doing that many books he did teen
0: titans for a little bit in new 52 which wasn't that good he just superman Superman?
1: Superboy. he did a bunch of titles in new 52 but yeah his titles have kind of drawn back i don't know i think he might be done with dc comics Mm -hmm. i
0: think they have a filler writer i can't remember who it is for the next few issues and then joshua williamson is taking over for dc Superstate. Uh, super slight future. future state yeah that uh which i'm looking forward to but yeah all in all the outlaw it was it just dragged it dragged so much of how like you're the villain was two years of the villain for love Del here on red hood and the outlaw and like batman and robin eternal had a little wrap-up issue where it was like oh man jason's gonna like be like joker's Star, she deserves to like be a regular person that went on for like four years you know the change only happened today in today's issue after four years. So it's like it's just so every issue filler nothing it did nothing for Jason Todd as a character except for those first 24 issues of rebirth, which were fantastic. but that was it. even new 52 raised with Roy and Starfire it was a cool friendship but a new 52, lot of 52 they,
1: they tried to make him Dick Grayson. I mean they really did yeah they gave him Roy the game Starfire.
0: And he was quipping and he was smiling. Yeah, they tried and to make him Dick
1: Grayson and it, yeah. I, in my opinion, failed.
0: It big time failed. And then there was uh, Red Hood and Arsenal, which he also wrote, which was very much just like a... It felt like a buddy cop movie, but it was just comedy all around and really weird characters that didn't make sense for the plot. And it's like, what is the point of this, man? <laughs> it didn't feel like the book was going anywhere except for those first 24 issues. So the first trade is available, Red Hood Outlaw of Rebirth. I highly recommend that, and I think the second trade also is really good. Besides that, if you're a Red Hood fan, I don't recommend these stories at all. If you really want to read good Red Hood stories, Buffer the Cowl is good, obviously Under the Red Hood, and Three Jokers. But Jason Todd does not have the best comics out there.
1: I mean, he's got, like, uh, the Judd Winnick stuff, like the Red Hood Mm. Lost Days and all that, but yeah that's, he's uh, a cool
0: idea for a character but if you want to get really like if you want to get into captain america people you be like oh read the brubaker run oh i want to get into Daredevil, read bendis read frank miller i want to get into red hood uh, <laughs> you won't have that big of a list so he's better in just stories where he's with the bat family so hopefully we'll see more of that in the future all in all enough. i i'll write the issue like a six and i'll write the run like a
1: five Rest yeah. in peace red hood yeah um yeah okay uh do a comic how about friend. uh flash 764 yeah. uh not a bad issue uh it's all right. i think it's it again it's one of those things where it's like you know williamson's run ends on this big bang and then you go into this and it's just like oh okay this is different um it's not bad
0: but, yeah it's no just... i think
1: i think it's an interesting story it's just the time that it takes place is a little odd because i told you like all the family just returned and we're going into kind of uh solo Barry story. Um, I, I think this writer is definitely Ke- Kevin Shinnick is definitely into like science-y type stuff and he's definitely into like the you know, kind of like geeky type stuff. Which, which is, is cool. It yeah. is Barry Allen. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it works for the character. Um, cool yeah, he's actually Dr-
0: writing good Barry Allen. He's not making him Bart like some writers we know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, very cool to see Dr. Alchemy back. I think that Alchemy, you know, it didn't appear in Williamson's run, and Williamson mentioned us on the podcast how he wanted to use them, but never got the chance to. So, uh, interesting to see Alchemy in today's issue. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, there's really not much to say about Flash. It was kind of just like, uh, you know, a, a decent issue. Uh, some cool concepts brought in again, and uh, yeah, Iris Iris hinting at, at uh, wanting a marriage because uh, Barry talks about from last issue like, uh, he had lost his Flash ring. He's like, Oh, I'm glad uh, I never wanted to lose my. F- to leave my finger again and Iris is like oh yeah i wish i had a ring that would never leave my finger and it's like (laughs) okay (laughs) you want to get married uh,
0: what what do you want for dinner
1: tonight (laughs) i I really thought at the end of williamson's run they were gonna get married so um if they are to do a wedding of the flesh i think they should have williamson write it Mm -hmm. i think he writes a very good iris but uh, yeah no this issue was fine
0: uh it's still kind of fillery like
1: it yeah it is i mean it's 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 not a bad filler though. It's you know it's an it's an interesting story plot. So
0: yeah, I give it like a seven. It was good. Yeah, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't bad.
1: Just was good. Yeah. You give it a uh, seven. Yeah, right about right. there. Uh, what do you think of Aquaman?
0: Aquaman I liked a lot.
1: I know I you shocked. liked that a lot. I liked it a lot too.
0: I was shocked. I, for some reason, when Aquaman comes, in, I'm like, oh okay, new Aquaman book. And then I read it, I'm like, wow, this is really good.
1: Is this Kelly Sue's last issue or no? Uh,
0: is it? I don't oh, think I'm no, wrong. I think 65 might be. I think she has one more. Pretty sure okay. cuz yeah, yeah, she definitely has one more cuz she wouldn't end halfway through an arc cuz the ending okay. was really cool. It's basically uh still going over Mura's wedding. She was set to marry Volko, but then uh Worm attacked Ocean Master, and now the all the seven seas of Atlant of well the ocean are all attacking including the trench and uh all of them <laughs> basically led by ocean master and his uh, game of thrones kind of resistance team uh they're just attacking and then arthur kind of taunts him which makes ocean master kind of triggered and he screams challenge me coward and they they have like a, a rather short duel for the throne but it ends with the uh, ocean master kind of cheating by having his people kind of put a, a blanket over aquaman and tying him up and then ocean master stabs him When that first happened, I was like, here we go again. Because within the past 10 Uh, years, Aquaman's died like seven times. (laughs) Or like went in a coma or something. Worked really good in Jeff Johns' run. Not the greatest in other runs, but he he dies a lot. (laughs) So when he was stabbed and then unconscious, I'm like, great, here we go again. Uh, It did end with him kind of waking up and uh, Ocean Master giving a cool taunt where he's like, what are you going to do about it, Aquaman? Call some fish? and then he you see like the little poo 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 like his little calling a fish and that's where the issue ends so who is he going to call i Those bet busters. it won't be a fish i'm going to say it's going to be an actual character he's going to call um maybe king Sh- no, i don't king shark but crab you could call crab who's a who's a giant crab <laughs> he talks like a pirate so i can see that happening like an actual character instead of just a bunch of like sharks or something i might be wrong but that's what i'm calling yeah, all in all, I like I give the issue like an eight
1: or a nine yeah. even.
0: It was a good yeah, it was pretty
1: it was a pretty enjoyable issue. Mm-hmm. Um Batman Superman. So I, I thought I'd dropped Batman Superman, but it was in my poll list, so I was like, Oh, okay. I, I thought I could've sworn I dropped it, but apparently I didn't.
0: I might drop it. This wasn't I, that good.
1: <laughs> I mean, clearly I plan to, so uh, mm-hmm. I I really don't have that much to say on the issue. It's kinda of just like, oh, This is in my pull list, okay.
0: It's uh, Steel and Batwoman going to the moon where Batman and Superman are trapped in a base hidden on the moon and there's a bunch of robots kind of posing as their villains so like there's a robotic Lex Luthor, a robotic Scarecrow, a robotic Joker and the four of them team up and take him down. Uh, It ends with a robotic Batman and Superman, very Death Metal vibes to this, uh, going to Earth to fight people on Earth while the others are stuck on the moon. Uh, cool to see batwoman and steel team up with these t- two iconic characters so that was a cool team up but all in all i was just kind of bored reading it
1: yeah the same with me it kind of just felt like a very generic comic
0: mm-hmm i was like which... okay let's watch some characters let's watch some superheroes fight robots it's like uh, okay i'm good
1: yeah. <laughs> um yeah so I'm, this will likely be my last issue um, six out of
0: ten yeah
1: uh you read justice league
0: i didn't but you can talk about it I, I have it i just haven't read it yet
1: uh it's another one that i really just kind of found myself skimming through
0: okay. uh, it's, a,
1: it's a death metal tie-in which i was just like oh okay i didn't even realize that it was a uh death did you metal read tie-in. the first two <laughs> sorry this is part three in the tie-in.
0: did you read the first two
1: i think i might have missed one of them i don't know i gotta look back at my box i just League's been a mess with me because I had dropped it during the writer switch up when they had uh,
0: oh, a and, new writer like every week. I,
1: I, re- I read Venditti stuff but I didn't read the one after that or I read it but I did not enjoy it so I was dropping uh, mm-hmm. Simon something but yeah I don't know Just League was whatever. <laughs> um I just really don't care. Uh Spider Man though is something that you read, correct?
0: Fantastic. If you're not reading Spider Man right now, what are you doing? This is so good. The amazing Spider Man number fifty one. Oh my god, this was really good. Uh Patrick Gleason's on art. We miss you at DC, but thank God you're on Spider Man because you draw such a cool Spider
1: Man. This I book- said that I said, I said a soul for a soul. His his Spider Man art is a lo- is worth it for losing him at DC.
0: Yeah, like, like youtube.com slash fear story. Look at that, that's cool. He draws a really good character art. I like how he draws the big eyes. Um, this storyline is basically, uh, so the, web of, the order of the web, which are all the spider people have been possessed by demons. It's explained in a better way than I am right now, but basically this story is, Spider-Man's like, oh God, what do we do? So he goes to Dr. Strange, and Dr. Strange is like, I can try to help you. And then Silk, breaks through Sydney moon and she's possessed and it's very horror movie. Like her dialogue. It reminded me of evil dead, like the 2013 remake. I don't know if you saw it or not. I did not. Okay. Well, it's basically the taunting is very similar where it sounds like something that silk would say in like her darkest moment. It doesn't sound like she's a demon. It sounds like she's just a mean person. (laughs) So, um, basically she's trying to convince Peter like, Hey man, it's going to be okay. By the way, Um, the real Cindy Moon is suffering in hell right now but it's okay (laughs) Um, the whole storyline people are going to hate me for this I am not the biggest Spider-Man reader in the world but there is a reference from uh, the classic JMS slash Junior Junior Amazing Spider-Man number 42 Um, it's basically uh, the hand of Vishanti I want to say I'm going to get hate for this but I don't know what it does (laughs) <laughs> it's a hand that dr strange has and and with it spider-man's used before and it a lot of people are online are like oh my god he brought back the hand of Vishanti." cool basically uh dr strange realizes like wait peter you might not have the potential to do this i can't give this to you leave the Sanctum, and kind of kicks him out and uh, Peter goes like, well, good thing I went to someone else before coming here. And you get a little flashback to him going to someone beforehand, assuming that Dr. Strange will kick him out. And he goes to Black Cat. Patrick Gleeson's Black Cat is unbelievably good, by the oh, way. Yeah. And uh, she steals the hand. Uh, what, what happens next? We don't fully know. Peter kind of has a vision where uh, Mary Jane is being killed. And then he wakes up in his own grave. And uh, he starts to crawl through like a... A little home in the graveyard and that's where he sees kindred harry osborn surrounding himself with more dead bodies people ladies know people like gwen stacy uncle ben i think one of them looks like flash tom like like flash uh i can't tell who the others are because they're skeletons in the end wearing clothes but people close to spider-man and uh he knows that spider-man's here now so to be continued that being said i see a checklist here now Last week there was like, or two weeks ago, there's issue fifty and then issue fifty dot lr. This week's issue fifty one and next week is issue fifty one dot lr, and then we're gonna get like a like a fifty three dot lr, fifty two dot lr, fifty four all the way up to Amazing Experiment number fifty five in December. I don't know what that means, but it,
1: a way to sell more issues without going up in number.
0: <laughs> I guess, but why? <laughs> so, it's bizarre. Yeah. Anyways, this this story is really cool. I give it like a nine. And last yeah. comic, I'll go over real quick before we get into our history lesson of the week. Um, the last Ronin, real real quick. I won't spoil it too much, but this is basically a Ninja Turtle story, kind of like Earth One or What If. What if three out of the four Ninja Turtles died, um, and one remained? The art is very similar. It's like inspired by the original Ninja Turtle comics where they all look the same. The only way you could tell them apart is the color of their mask. The Last Ronin is about one turtle left. You don't know who that is. He uses all four of the turtle's weapons and he wears a black mask. Uh, It's really cool. He wears all black and the story itself is he's trying to take... It takes place in the future so he's not a teen anymore. He's trying to take out uh, the person responsible for his brother's deaths. Which seems to be uh, the grandson of Shredder. Uh, the art's really neat. The action's really cool. And the last page, I didn't expect this. Like, I kind of expected this reveal to happen at the end. You find out who this final living turtle is. So, for those of you that uh, want to read this book, maybe don't listen to what I'm about to say. JD, do you skip, care? Skip
1: ahead 30 seconds. Yeah.
0: Do you care? No, I don't care. Okay. Because when I read that, I was shocked. Um, basically, he almost, he tries to kill himself. And then he stops himself because he passes out before he could do it because he's so depressed over this and he's so beaten up and he wakes up in like a hidden hospital with April O'Neil and April says, uh, yes, she's old too. She's like, yes, it's me. And I'm so relieved to see you awake. You really have me worried, miss. You really have me worried there. But who were you just talking to? Michelangelo. Dun, dun, dun. So it's Mikey. He's the last one. In
1: in my head, I said Mikey.
0: Yeah. the, The orange one. He's the last one alive. I'm. I'm shocked over that. I didn't expect that at all for some reason.
1: I've I've never read a Ninja Turtles uh, comic book. And the only movie I've seen of it is the Michael Bay one. Oh, God, first, I
0: hate you. The first <laughs> one.
1: And literally the only scene I can remember from it, l- literally the only scene I can remember from it is when they're in the elevator and they start the doing the beat with the thing. MC yeah. Mikey. That's the only, <laughs> only scene I can remember. Other than that, I do not remember one scene of the movie.
0: I grew up with Ninja Turtles. I watched the original cartoon, the 2003 cartoon, the 2014 cartoon. I, I haven't seen the new one at all. Uh, I read some of the old comics. And the Batman Ninja Turtle comics is fantastic. I highly recommend it. So I, I, I really like uh, the Ninja Turtles a lot. I, I watched all the original movies, including 26, the 2007 anime movie. I don't like the Michael Bay ones. So you saw saw the worst of them. Okay. But yeah. maybe, I'll get in,
1: maybe I'll get into them one this day. This book is really cool.
0: It's really bloody, which I didn't expect, and it deals with like depression and suicide. Like he, the, the last Ronan, I won't say his name anymore, uh, tried to kill himself in this. He laid all his brother's weapons down on all the colored masks, blue, red, orange, and purple, and he's like, I'm sorry, my brothers. I'll see you soon. And he takes a sword and he goes to like stab himself in the stomach, but he passes out before he could do it because he lost too much blood. But yeah. Cool story. Cool. I really that recommend it. That sounds cool. Um... Now for our history lesson.
1: Welcome to the history lesson of the week. Uh, many of you enjoyed our history <clears throat> lesson on both Batman and... Uh, what was the other one we did?
0: We did someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking. Batman was not our first one. It wasn't Spider-Man. Was it a new, wow. new character?
1: That's we bad. Are, how, do, how We are, do we are terrible never...
0: teachers. How do we both not remember this?
1: That is bad. Wow.
0: History of... He must have been a big character, right?
1: I can't even think of what it is. This is a little embarrassing.
0: Yeah. Well, we did the... Basically, for this, this part of the segment, we're kind of new to it, clearly. <laughs> and uh, we go over the history of characters, not their origin story, but how they're actually brought up in the real world. So for Batman, we didn't be like, oh, his parents were shot when he was just a kid. We talked about how the two people that created Batman, how they thought of the idea, Uh, The tragic story of how the idea was stolen, in a way. um, Just the inspiration behind creating these characters and thinking of stories. And then going through the history of this character and major impacts of different writers and artists coming to this character. And being like, hey, let's do this, let's do this. We're not talking about the story themselves, for the most part. (laughs) Are you listening to
1: those? I, I I clicked it to see if I could see in the timestamps, if I even wrote it in the timestamps. Of course... Time about just does not want to help me, but uh, yeah, I don't. I that's weird that I can't remember who it is, I though. I can't either,
0: it wasn't Flash, it wasn't Green Lantern, it wasn't what the hell, anyways. This week we're doing Daredevil, <laughs> and there's a reasoning yes. behind that, which I'll get to soon enough. But uh, I know the history of Daredevil. JD's got some facts <laughs> that he kind of pulled up before the episode that we could talk about before or oh, during this, but. I guess well, if you want, you could try to find that, and I could try to <laughs> do the history or try to remember, and I'll do the history. So, Daredevil was created in April 1964. He was created by Stan Lee with the artist Bill Everett, and Jack Kirby helped design the character. Stanley wanted to create this character because he wanted to make a superhero with a disability, and he chose a disability being blind. He thought, "What if I made a blind superhero?" This was during the time, so this was in the 64. This was around the time where Stanley was doing a lot of Minorities and making them superheroes, and he was trying to give everyone someone to look at. Captain
1: America is the first one we did the history lesson on.
0: Yeah, that's it. Jeez, why do we yes. forget that? That was fun. That was That I... yeah,
1: was a lot of fun. Okay, Captain America and Batman and two history lessons we've done. Yeah. And now Daredevil's third. Okay, go on. Okay. Sorry, that was gonna bother me all night. Yeah,
0: I can't we both forgot there. People are oh, probably bad. listening. Like, it's Captain America. It's Captain America anyways uh so yeah stanley wanted to create a character with a disability so he chose blind um matt murdoch i don't believe the name had anything to do with it but at first before even thinking of daredevil and everything stanley thought of daredevil's father battling jack murdoch he wanted the father to be a boxer uh he wanted the character himself to have catholic influences and he wanted just daredevil to be raised differently he didn't want to be raised as a boxer despite being raised by a boxer he wanted to be raised to be a lawyer instead like the opposite of a boxer we all know daredevil's origin father shot didn't grow up with mother became the man without fear daredevil with the ability of heightened senses including smell hearing touch, and having like sort of a radar to his mind despite not being able to see um jack kirby helped design the suit jack sterby was basically stanley's best partner at the time he was an incredible artist uh, the suit, however, from his first appearances, were, was yellow and brown, of all things. Something that I personally kind of like. I like seeing like flashbacks in Daredevil comics where he's wearing that. But although he did wear yellow and brown, it wasn't for very long. It was only seven issues they wore this before Bill Everett, the artist, was like, You know what? Yellow and brown, it's not, it's not working for me. Let's change it instead to red. So they, they changed the suit to full red like we know today. Daredevil suit hasn't changed too much throughout the time. It kind of remains the same, just all one layer of red. Got devil horns and everything like that. Fun fact about this. that That's basically the main premise of his origin story, but a little, little fun fact about him. His original story is, so as a young boy, Matt Murdock pushed a man out of the way from a truck. Truck crashed, spilled chemicals, went right into Daredevil's eyes. That's how he got the powers. Going back to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, same origin. Same exact street, same exact truck fell, hit a boy, who was pushing a blind man out of the way, and the chemicals splashed over the road. A person, who bought four turtles, was walking by at the time, dropped the cage by accident out of the fright of this car crash, and the turtles all fell into the chemicals and went to the sewers, the exact same chemicals that blinded Matt Murdock. Through those chemicals, these turtles grew up in the sewers and became mutants, teenage turtles, I should have said that in the other way, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that's how they became the Turtles. They, this all happened in Hell's Kitchen within Daredevil's time and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles time. Same street, same truck, everything. So the origin story is the exact same. Although they are different universes, since Ninja Turtles isn't owned by Marvel and Daredevil is only Marvel, there are many hints in some Daredevil comics that the Ninja Turtles are out there. Same as Ninja Turtle comics, as they were a comic book before they were a cartoon and a movie and stuff like that. There were many hints that Daredevil was out there at night. They talk about a devil in the street, in, on the rooftops going out at night, although none of the Turtles have seen, just like Matt Murdock talked about rumors of mutant turtles running around. Um, although they were both in the same areas at the time, they never actually had a crossover yet, at least not a canon or official crossover as far as I know. Uh, Matt Murdock battles the Hand, a secret ninja group, just like the Ninja Turtles fight the Foot, a secret ninja group. So there's a lot of inspirations around each other that's kind of neat there. I want to do Daredevil this week because last Ronan came out. Do you have some facts that you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I
1: do have some fun facts. So uh, as you mentioned, uh, created by Stan Lee and Bill Everett, uh, Jack Kirby had a little bit of input. Now, uh, nothing is really confirmed a lot with a lot of the Jack Kirby stuff. Um, it's not fully confirmed of like what he contributed to certain characters just because we don't have like actual recorded you know material but uh one thing that we do know is he's the one who decided billy that club. daredevil would have a billy club yeah a really cool contribution mm-hmm. um as you mentioned uh jack murdoch was like a big focus of stan lee even possibly before matt murdoch which is kind of interesting to kind of reverse engineer a superhero yeah he thought um, of
0: the father before the character
1: yeah which is bizarre um <laughs> Uh, as he mentioned he gets the red suit in issue number seven uh the artist wally wood is the one who introduced the what would become the modern uh red uniform uh and yeah so the yellow suit is thought of as like the early one only lasts for six issues not not really a big thing only six Um, issues
0: though it is shown in several flashback stories for practically any run of daredevil when they go like this happened back in the early days it's matt in the yellow suit which is cool, yeah. even though it was just seven issues in real time and one tie into the Amazing Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, so uh, the Mike Murdoch story was done pretty early on in Daredevil's career. Um, it was, you know, it was his, you know,
0: it was his fake identity. Used yeah, basically fake identity
1: that... that was also twin brother. Um, yeah. It, it actually was so confusing to readers that the writers decided we're going to drop it altogether. And yeah. that's when they did like the whole death of Michael Murdoch storyline. Now mm-hmm. it's coming back to comics, of course, under Chip Zdarsky, but uh, yeah, fun fact uh the editors were like, this is confusing. Everyone. We're getting rid of this.
0: this
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, anyway, Stan Lee did uh, a 31 issue run and uh, he says that uh, one of his favorite stories of his career came from his run on daredevil. When, um, uh, uh, Matt Murdock defends a blind Vietnam veteran uh, about a crime. And, uh, yeah, Stan Stan that as one of his – or cited that as one of his favorite stories that he ever wrote. Cool. So, yeah. I've never actually read the story, so yeah, I, don't I don't actually I, know too much of what it's about. I but I uh, anyway, um, in the 70s, Daredevil went through a bit of a rough patch. Uh, it jumped around from writer to writer. Uh, some big names like Jerry Conway and Marv Wolfman uh, got on the book. Basic things were done. Uh, Nothing major. Nothing too big, but uh, Bullseye was introduced during this time period. And uh, Black Widow was brought into the book for a little bit. So uh, some things that would become bigger in Daredevil lore. But uh, nothing really big happened until um, Roger McKenzie took over as the writer. Uh, Roger McKenzie is mostly known for getting kicked off the book by Frank Miller. So (laughs) Frank Miller had been doing the art for uh, Roger McKenzie. And uh, Denny O'Neill was the editor. And one day Frank Miller goes to Denny O'Neill and goes, Yeah, I do not like this guy's scripts at all. So Denny O'Neill's like, All right, he's fired, you're the writer now. <laughs> so Damn. Oof. Frank Miller takes over on Daredevil, which would become uh, quite the iconic run. Mm-hmm. Probably
0: um, my favorite Daredevil run if I had to really think about it. it.
1: It's definitely, if not you know, most people's favorites, it's in their top three, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, he has some iconic, uh, he has some iconic stories of course uh such as daredevil 181 uh but Mm -hmm. but one of the more important things that miller does during this run is making kingpin daredevil's primary villain as opposed to being a spider-man villain which he was beforehand
0: as a spider-man villain he was one of those characters that was very like a mustache twirling like i'll get you next time spider-man but frank miller wanted a villain like that he wanted a kingpin a crime but he didn't want to make a character he wanted a character that already existed before and has moved up in ranks so he asked the editor if he could use kingpin and they're just like uh yeah i don't think we're using him on spider-man like anytime within the next 20 years or something so go for it so frank miller made the character and say you're twirling mustache villain a character who had a big ego, but was also extremely brutal, evil, beat his employees if they did something wrong, hired assassins to kill reporters when they came close to finding out who, what he really was, and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Um, so then uh, Miller ends up leaving the series after issue 191, but uh, and Danny O'Neill takes over, he goes from editor to writer, uh, but then of course Frank Miller would come back to write possibly the best Daredevil story of all time, Daredevil Born Again, Possibly one of the best comic stories of all time. Uh, which is, you know, the definitive Daredevil story. Uh, yeah, so he writes, it's he writes very... That.
0: For, for those who don't know, it, it's a very dark story <laughs> that deals with Daredevil's trust issues and depression. Karen Page being a bit of a junkie. And it's very much what inspired Daredevil Season 3 as well, for those who have seen the Netflix show. It's very good. And it's brought up a lot in comics today. <laughs> Yeah. blew up his house so
1: yeah um then after after that uh Anne Nesenti takes over on Daredevil and at that time becomes the longest uh the longest running writer on Daredevil for four and a quarter years Man. uh in, in her in her run uh she covers some newer issues uh feminism drug abuse nuclear yeah. war animal rights uh and her most important thing is she introduces typhoid Mary who becomes fairly big in the Daredevil lore Mm um the 90s kind of a more dead period for daredevil but uh it's able to uh definitely get revived in 1998 under uh daredevil guardian devil by kevin smith which goes under the marvel knights uh imprint Mm -hmm. so daredevil was kind of dead in the water kevin smith helps bring it back with a very interesting story
0: very good Uh, story
1: in the 2000s, uh, Daredevil is taken off again because it got a lot of he got a lot of iconic runs. Uh, it starts with Daredevil Yellow in the early, really early 2000s, which uh, focuses on Daredevil's origin. It's uh, from the Color series by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Uh, it's a pretty iconic story. Um, in later in the 2000s, Brian Michael Bendis ends up taking over on Daredevil. Ooh. Which is, uh, uh, like I mentioned, if Frank Miller's not your iconic run, it's probably Brian Michael Bendis on Daredevil.
0: Such a good run, oh my
1: it, god. Th- there's a lot of iconic things that come out of them, uh, which is well, one of them being uh, the the outing of the secret identity of Matt Murdock. Which, which he is... did,
0: like, right away. This isn't <laughs> yeah, like his uh, Superman The Truth, where he's just like Superman came out and revealed his identity. Some guy revealed Daredevil's identity, and Matt Murdock denied it for years. And despite people coming with proof, he was like, nah, Photoshop, man. I <laughs> think he yeah. denied the entire time until he was forced to unmask himself.
1: So, yeah. It's um, so interesting. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Other people such as Ed Brubaker, Mark Wade, Charles Sewell, not Chip Starsky, have written daredevil. And since 2001 has become one of the most steady characters in all of comic books of having continuously good runs yeah. Um, well, one, one thing that I think is pretty interesting, uh, Denny O'Neill, uh, listen, great, a great comic creator of his time, uh, mostly known for his bad stuff, but, uh, one of his greatest contributions to Daredevil, other than getting Frank Miller to write the book is, uh, he talked to Frank Miller about changing Daredevil's style to be more like a ninja and more like a, uh, street fighter type type of character mm-hmm. which frank miller took into effect in his run which hadn't really been done in the runs before him so uh a big thank you is owed to danny O'Neill for his many comic contributions but one of which being making daredevil like the king of the streets which is very cool to me so mm-hmm. yeah those the those, that's some of the uh basic history of daredevil and some of the basic facts uh a lot of cool history to this character
0: one thing that's a little confusing that i got kind of help explain he has three origins that are all kind of similar to each other <laughs> You got the Stanley origin, very basic. My father died, and I will avenge him. <laughs> I will avenge him, kind of thing. Uh, then Frank Miller wrote his own origin, his own take, because he thought the original origin was too, too basic, too simple. So he wrote the Man Without Fear with uh, John Romita Jr. doing art. It's about, I think it's six issues. Um, great book. It, it brought in from the comics for the first time. The uh, the one that you see in the Netflix show, not a suit, just all black with the black scarf around the face which was first made from the incredible hulk tv show matt Murdock cameos and that well he has an episode in that where they couldn't afford an actual suit so they did that for the budget um after that a few only like about not not so long later in the early 2000s uh we got daredevil yellow which is a different origin by jeff loeb who where they go back to the yellow suit and they kind of retell uh, Stanley's Tale, but they make it more of a romance book with Karen Page, rather than a a dark story with Frank Miller and, Karen and dealing with, like, Electra. Like a like a young Electra. This one is more romance. Uh, it's very much focuses on him and Karen Page, and it's more of a swashbuckling tale. It's very wholesome, but very good as well. So, some people choose to say that Manuel of Fears is true origin. Some people like uh, Daredevil Yellow. I personally like Daredevil Yellow. I think it's a lot more simplistic, but some people prefer man without fear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, some interesting stuff of uh, in live action and in in media really. Uh, so in the eighties, in the seventies and eighties, there were some uh, failed Daredevil projects that tried to happen. Uh, w- the funniest one to me is uh, in the nineteen eighties, ABC planned to have a Daredevil animated show, and it would have featured him having a guide dog named Lightning the Superdog, which was <laughs> a guide dog with superpower, uh, a guide dog with superpowers. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a good thing that didn't get made because that would have been terrible yeah (laughs) (laughs) um in addition uh in 1975 they actually planned to make a daredevil and black widow show uh a woman named angela bowie actually got the rights to uh daredevil for tv and uh apparently there's pictures of her um she because she actually dressed as black widow herself and had uh an actor dress as daredevil but uh I've never seen these pictures. I don't know if these pictures actually exist, but uh, the TV show obviously never got made. But as early as 1975, trying to get Daredevil done in live action. Hmm. Um, in 1983, ABC again tried to do a Daredevil show and uh, it actually had uh, a pilot, but it never got aired. Um, and then Daredevil first appears in uh, The Trial of the Incredible Hulk, which yeah, is a uh, movie that's a tie into the uh, Hulk show. show. Mm-hmm. that's and, what i was talking
0: uh, about with the
1: suit yeah he mm-hmm. has he has like a black outfit uh yeah it, not it seen in comics before but then frank miller used it and in, yeah the man with and, the man with outfit here. and then obviously we know the netflix show ends up getting made um mm-hmm. uh, much and later uh, suit as well. There, there's actually uh, still been an attempt to get him on a show um another animated show but it's never really come to fruition so they, mm-hmm. they've been trying to get a uh to try to try to get a Daredevil show going in the animation style, but not not happening so far. Um, and then obviously in film, the, the Ben Affleck film is the one that gets uh, made in 2003, um, In Electra, which is the kind of tie-in film to Daredevil. Yeah. Ben Affleck yeah. was in a scene of that, but in a dream sequence, but it ended up getting cut. Oh, uh, but apparently it's in the director's cut. I've never seen the director's cut, nor do I ever plan to. But I plan uh,
0: to.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I and and. Uh, here on Wikipedia it says a young Matt Murdock briefly appears in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse during the climax of the film I yeah um, don't yeah, that.
0: it's it's br- very very briefly it's when Miles is fighting uh, Kingpin in like the where everything's like flickering in and out in the lab uh, it's on the train you see like a young Matt Murdock a young red-headed boy with the red round glasses and a cane he flickers oh, in for a second
1: I don't remember that but okay, okay yeah that's cool yeah um, one, yeah, little, so one more thing that them. I will
0: say. Uh, Daredevil, as we all know, the TV series was cancelled two years ago. Uh, ever since it was cancelled, it had to... No one could touch like the rights to Daredevil live action for three years. Um, or two years or something like that. It, it's a certain amount of time, but one month from the day this releases is when Marvel Studios gets the right to Daredevil back. So if you're listening on fr- Friday uh, the 30th, one more month, and Daredevil has the rights back. Well, I guess Marvel Studios has the rights to Daredevil back. Will they do anything with that? We don't know, but let's hope so. I mean, if people spam DC saying release the Snyder Cut, and we're getting that, so save Daredevil. Hashtag to save Daredevil. But yeah, that's the history lesson, right? Is that all?
1: Yeah, that's that's all the fun facts I got. So, uh, Daredevil's a very interesting character. Uh, a lot of interesting stories behind the character, one and yeah, favorites. I would love to I would love to see some of those early drawing drafts from uh, Jack Kirby and Bill Everett. I'm sure uh, they came up with some really interesting designs. I wish we could see more of them. Yeah, for sure. And I'd love to see the 1975 show pictures where the woman who was trying to get the show made uh, cast herself as Black Widow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but that's interesting. As early as 1975, trying to get a Daredevil and Black Widow show made, like it's, shows the... Uh, i guess the power of the character but even then like black widow was not a big part of daredevil's life in
0: 1975 so no no she is more now or especially in the early 2000s but yeah definitely not that big so but
1: also yeah. an animated daredevil show would absolutely kill and i would love that but yeah
0: no kidding but yeah but the, anyway the, the history uh, if you want us to do more of this let us know because we yeah. definitely enjoy it and we'll we we, we
1: enjoy the history lessons so yeah uh, yeah that was, that was a lot of fun if you guys liked uh, the- Anyway, uh, that's about the episode.
0: Yeah, roughly I guess a few things that we could say as we're leaving. Um Price of Heroes, the Price of Hero Pays is our comic that we're making. Uh it's almost done. It's well, I mean I mean, our Indiegogo's almost done, I should say. <laughs> There's about a little bit less than a month left for you guys to donate. Uh we are just about ninety percent to our budget. We're really close. Really hoping to hit it. I'm sure we will, but we're almost there, so check it out. Link in my bio, link in his bio, the link in the hero stories Instagram bio. Or if you're on indiegogo.com, just search a hero story or search the Price Hero pays you should be able to find it. Our hero is a spire he has a white and green suit. Um, also coming up on a hero story YouTube channel, probably within this week, uh, myself, JD Harper, Comic Rebirth, and Tyler, Comic Boy, have both been on the show before. We all watched Batman v Superman this past week, and we recorded our reaction. I'm currently editing, editing a compilation, trying to bring it down to ten minutes, it might be fifteen or so. But uh, we all had some kind of funny reactions to certain things, and some good things to say. I love BBS. JD loves BBS. Harper doesn't love it. Tyler hates it. So we we all force ourselves to kind of watch it together and argue throughout the whole thing, and it's I think it's pretty entertaining. So I'm cutting it up right now, and it should be on YouTube sometime this week Well probably I'm, the weekend
1: to see the little uh, 10 minute or 10 15 minute cut there uh, i think most of my scenes are You're just gonna see me staring up my tv in amazement of uh the holiness of bvs well so. the, the
0: first thing that happens with the video is you see the Warner brothers logo and jd just goes oh it's starting <laughs> like that's the very first thing that happens so we both loved it and there, there's even scenes where just like tyler and harper are arguing how bad it is and we're just like look man i'm just enjoying this movie <laughs>
1: Classic uh, bad movie, Superman. I will die on that hill.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, look that video on a Hero Story YouTube channel. Pretty soon here. Yeah,
1: yeah, and maybe maybe if you guys like that, we'll make that a more regular thing. Yeah, because we're watching other films.
0: We have like some opposite things. JD and I both don't like Thor Ragnarok, but Tyler and Harper love it. So we might do that, or maybe we'll do a lectures director cut. <laughs>
1: oh God. Yeah, a little movie. Watching Kill me now.
0: There. Yeah. So. Look forward to that. Yeah. And yeah, all that's
1: right. the episode. Uh all right, yeah, that's it for Hero Story. Uh if you like what you hear, you know, five star review helps on iTunes. If mm-hmm. not, we appreciate uh a follow, slash, slash, subscribe wherever you are. Uh check out our YouTube, herostory.com slash I mean no youtube.com slash a hero story or just go on the hero story comics website whatever yeah uh yeah check out our comic all that good stuff plug 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 oh yeah, yeah i can't do this at the yeah, end of the episode we whatever follow subscribe <laughs> like yeah like it uh for a hero story i'm jd
0: i'm hunter and thanks for being a hero
1: and remember every second is a gift goodbye
0: what